All right, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, joined once again by Richie Von Sexing. I've lost internet connection, also had COVID, had to travel to Melbourne for work, and need and got a new laptop all since we recorded together last time. I was I was like, how long is it since I watched since I watched these shows? I realized it was January, and it was they. I mean. Spoiler, I don't think there's going to be a lot of detail in this show because there was a lot of detail in these shows. So it's not like I've been sat waiting, like, excitedly to discuss the the, 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 uh, the, the excitement of these shows, the, 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 the spectacle of the wrestling on show. Yeah, these definitely were a bit of a throwaway, but um, we'll do our best to entertain and at least this time we'll be able to now go back and watch the next two shows and have them fresher in memory and we'll get to them before December, I reckon. We, st- we started to do this because it was quick during the pandemic, so it's taken seven months to record this one. <laughs> um, and the shows in question are the March 6th episode of WCW Saturday Night and the March 8th episode of WWF Raw from 1993. Um, <clears throat> which show did you watch first, Richie? I watched WCW. Then I'm going to turn my page and we're going to head to Saturday Night first up. How does that sound? Why not? Hi everybody and welcome to WCW Saturday Night on TBS Tony Schiavone, Jesse the Body Ventura The action has already begun Jesse Ventura, it's Two Cold Scorpio And Marcus Alexander Bagwell In tag team action They're a young aggressive team And they're climbing that ladder Hoping to get a shot at the world tag team champions And we got the cold man Two Cold Scorpio right there with Buddy Lee Parker, always a rough customer here in WCW. Again, I'm going on notes which may or may not actually be the correct notes for this. And if that's the case, I have no idea what happened on this show. If anybody wants to watch the March 6th episode of WCW Saturday Night from 1993 and correct us on the podcast, please be my guest. <laughs> I would like I would like to point out, once you watch it, though, three things will go wrong. Indeed. All right, so first up on Saturday night, we start a match in progress, and it's Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell taking on Buddy Lee Parker and Bob Cook. So, dream matchup if I've ever heard of one right there. I mean, this is kind of, you sit down, you put the wrestling on, boom. Straight away, you've got uh, Buddy Parker, who is a twat. (laughs) And Bob Cook, who just looks like a geography teacher. Yeah, he's not even pub tough. He's not dad tough. He's just... (laughs) He just it's like he's making a, a, a you know if it's not his entire career he's making money out of this on the side and you like think how hard could it have been back then? <laughs> um, commentary team we've got is Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. Um, we get some double team moves from the baby faces, which is obviously Scorpio and Bagwell. Um, they clean house with some drop kicks. We get a press from Buff Bagwell, which is quite impressive. Um, and he sends Too Cold, uh, pr- sorry, presses Too Cold outside onto the heels. Um, they've got some cool spots flipping each other into moves. Um, there's some weird lines on the mat. I'm not sure why. Um, the heels get a little bit of offense in before the hot tag from Marcus to Too Cold, and he hits a big flurry, tagging Bagwell back in, who hits a perfect plex for the one, two, three, and as it should be, Bagwell and Too Cold pick up the win here against um, Parker and Cook. Uh, I mean, it, it was some wrestling. I, I like Scope. I don't know if Scope and uh, Bagwell together is kind of put together as a tag team, but 
it, I think they were just throwing stuff at the wall at this point in 93. Let's date the show in case anyone listens to it 10 years from now. What do you think about the controversy recently about Buff Bagwell on Twitter and finding out he wasn't running his own account? I thought I was... Because uh, I saw the tweets and I was like, oh, it's, you know, Buff Bagwell, it's, it's surprising that he's come out uh, for trans rights and uh, sort of like uh, LGBTQIA+. Stuff, but you know, you know, I mean, people surprise you, don't they? You know, you, you have a conversation with someone, you go, you know, I did not expect you to hold that view, uh, and I was, I was kind of heartened, and I thought, you know what, I might follow him, I might give him a follow, and I didn't, held off, because rightly so. One month later, turns out actually he had no idea what was going on, and someone was nicking merch. Proper <laughs> carny, couldn't be oh, more yes. carny. As carny as it gets. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yep. Far too... Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> far too much of a 180 for it to have been buff. But anyway, I digress. We go into our next match, which is British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, taking on the Masked Wrecker. What a name. Just brilliant job of material right here. We get a, a commercial before the match actually starts. The masked wrecker jumps Davy Boy, which will turn out to be a mistake. He eats a hip toss and a drop kick, and then the big running power slam for the one, two, three. As the match finishes here, we have some sound issues, so I can't hear the music as we go out to commercial, but a um, Davy Boy squash here for his... Yeah, I've complained of a couple of the other shows where he's been on that he's taken a little bit too long. He's actually should have been squashing people because he's better than them. This is far better. Come in, do something impressive. I'm not saying you, you, the, the whole. I know that like job matches and stuff kind of got a different connotation now, and I think people are quite competitive even to try and get stuff in. But I think I think to get Bulldog over, like to make him feel like a big star, he's got to come in and just destroy. He's got to be destroying jobbers, and you would argue half the mid card if you, if if you want to want him as champion. Oh, absolutely. I think Bulldog and Vader was definitely the plan here when he first came in. And it's a bit of a shame we never really got that title feud. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Because, I mean, Bulldog, again, he's he's got that English wrestling background. It's like he's, I know he was, uh, you know, he's a big lad. But he, he could, he can actually wrestle. But, he, I mean, he, he'll have had the same kind of upbringing as in, in the business as Regal and Dynamite Kid. When you, you read about what, how the old guys in Blackpool would stretch him. Like, and then he's been working. He worked up in the uh, in the dungeon as well. So, like, I think it would have been a nice potatoy match, match, uh, match, nice potatoy mash. <laughs> um, Tony Schiavone's then with Missy Hyatt, um, and she says, "Like the Navy, she wants a few good men." Mm, uh, <laughs> that comment didn't age so well. <laughs> She's a scamp, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Um, we next go to Vinny Vegas and Big Sky taking on Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas, the tag team champions. Um, we get some good banter bef- between um, Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura on this match, and it's here I actually start to like them as a commentary team, although I didn't mind them in 1990 WWF, but it was too short of a run. But, yeah, I thought they were, they were pretty good in this match. Um, Jim... Jesse, uh, the body, makes a joke about Missy Hyatt's tits, and Tony Schiavone um, takes a quick minute to catch on, but when he does, it's good for a laugh. Yeah, it takes him a little while to get there. One thing I realised about this match was we've got Vinny and Big Sky versus Steamboat and Douglas, or we've got Super Shredder and Sabretooth. 
from the X-Men film versus Steamboat and Douglas. So I thought, you know, it's, it's funny how these things work out. <laughs> yeah, so brilliant. Um, early on, Douglas's stick and move and quick tags. Um, they're working the arm on both the big men. Big Sky hits a slam as we go to a commercial. We come back and Vinny Vegas drops a nice elbow for a two. We get a choke bomb from Big Sky and then some double teaming from... Um, oh, sorry. Some, some double teaming as they beat down Shane Douglas for a while. We get a hot tag to Steamboat who hits some drop kicks and then a double team hip toss and press to a splash from the faces. Um, the Hollywood Blondes then come out and we get a DQ as they beat down the heels. Sorry, beat down the faces. And... Steamboat manages to get a chair and run them both off as we go to commercial. So just continuing the feud between the current tag champs and the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, so now that's something I'm looking forward to. Please don't tell me. Definitely. I'll say please don't tell me you know anything that happens in the future because I don't. And I, I, I know booking is, uh, and people who are booking at this time is a little uh, transient, and I don't want to find out that my Steamboat, Douglas, Pillman, Austin is going to be replaced with, I don't know, I'm trying to think, the ding-dongs. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, we then go to Rick Hard Rock um, versus Max Payne. <laughs> Hi. Or is it, sorry, Rich Rich Hard Rock. I, I can't read my own writing now, fuck. Either way, it's a stupid name. It's like, right, we've got a guy who comes to this ring playing guitar. All right, nice. All right, we're calling him Max Payne. That's fine. Right, who should put him up against? So, who else that guy called? Like, Rick Hard Rock. It's like, well, hold on. Hold on. The other guy's gimmick, he does rock. So why would he... Why, you just confuse him, Matters. Just call him, I don't know, Rick <laughs> Soft Jazz or something. Just, just do that. Just Because it's, it's just confusing. You've got to think people flick over and they see a guy. They don't know who it is. They're commentating. Maybe not concentrating. They go, Rick Hard Rock. You're going to think it's the guy with their big air and the guitar. Even soft jazz might be too much for him. I think it's more like a white noise app on your phone would be <laughs> the musical equivalent of this guy. Um, it's um, th- Rick relaxing mix on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, your daily drive. Um, it's um, a few takedowns and an armbar from Max Payne. He thankfully keeps it short and sweet as we go out to a commercial. So at least we've got not much to give out about in that one. No, I'm obviously not warming to him because I've just got, oh, great, it's the idiot. So Max Payne isn't, isn't war- I'm not warning to him yet. No. We've got Johnny B. Bad taking on Danny DeVito. I'm sorry, Danny Deets. Um, and this, again, is another quick short one. Um, a takedown and an arm drag and a hip toss, followed by a backdrop and a drop toe hold, and then a big left hook from B. Bad for the one, two, three. The big left is called the Tutti Fruity. So... Um, another total dud squash here in a bit of a run of them. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, I don't mind Johnny B. Bad. He's, uh, I think it's that Mick Foley quote that he's very good at being Johnny B. Bad. Like, I don't think he could be anyone else, but he's, he's, he's just solid enough. And I don't think he's as bad a wrestler as he gets painted as. Like, he's not, he's not no, I... stunning, but. I actually liked him as Mark Miro. I thought I didn't mind the Mark Miro character, to be honest. And I thought his boxing gimmick had more legs than the um, than the WWF got behind. But that's just my opinion. Well, from the sounds of it, the minute Sable walked in, his career was over. Uh, into the <laughs> into the locker room with him. I loved his uh, his uh, entrance music. It's one of my faves. I think. Fair. Yeah. Uh, 
the squash matches will hopefully end with this one as we go to the Wrecking Crew taking on Mick Keeper and Dave Tart. Um, no, they're probably not going to end. Um, in fact, the Wrecking Crew jumped them early, hit a double team flapjack, and their double team finishing maneuver, the Wrecking Ball for the one, two, three. Or Wrecking Crew or uh, Road Warriors Light. <laughs> yeah. They then issue a challenge to the Cole Twins, which I will splice in here. Wait a minute. We understand they. They are asking Gary Capetta for the microphone. Let's hear what they got to say here. Has he got the mic? There it is. WCW Management. The Wrecking Crew is issuing a challenge. No, make that a threat to the Cole Twins. Last week on WCW Saturday night, there was a great injustice. It took... Two Cole Twins to beat one Wrecking Crew. We want them down here right now. We want some management from W.O. Mr. Smith. We right. want the Cole Twins right now. There's Grizzly Smith, the world championship wrestler. We want them right now. And the Cole Twins then come out and hit them both with a pair of cross bodies. Yeah. We then go into... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, at this point, this is when I noticed the seagulls were in great effect for the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> we then go to the Cole Twins versus the Wrecking Crew, um, and a minute in, they're both crawling. Um, that's a bit embarrassing. We get a hot tag and a hip toss and a big slam from Rage. Four-man brawl, and then the Cole Twins use some twin magic for a small package and the one, two, three. Um, felt like they should have probably held this match off until the next show. Yeah, it seemed an odd place to put it. Also, I'm not quite certain how baby faces can ever justify doing the the twin swap thing because it is cheating. It surely is. I suppose I remember it first with the killer bees and they yeah. were baby faces. So, you know, uh, who knows? Um, maybe some baby faces cheat. Maybe I just like the killer bee. Well, you look at Hulk Hogan. His entire repertoire is. Uh, his heel moves, and yet he's a face. Uh, no. I, I think maybe I just like the Killer Bees more. Maybe that's it. I'm with you on that. We get a Rick Rude promo. He wants a US title uh, um, back from Dustin Rhodes, which I'll splice in here if just to um, give everyone a soundbite of Rick Rude um, mentioning a pterodactyl in a promo. It's not often that something like that's brought up in a wrestling pro- promo, really. Ravishing Rick Rude, a man who was on top of the world. Undefeated United States champion. Sexiest man alive. From the top of the world to ashes in a few short months. A man in mourning. Tortured by the WCW. Stripped of my United States title. Crucified and left to die. Dustin Rhodes, on the other end of the spectrum, a man who came from nothing and rose to the top. You may have beaten everyone in the tournament, Dustin. It may have been your destiny to become the United States champion, and it may have been my destiny to be stripped of the title. But Dustin, what you need to realize is that you not only became United States champion, but you became a marked man. 
like a man with a big old target glued on his cord, walking back and forth across the shooting range. Like a man with a fur coat and antlers on his head, running through the woods in deer hunting season. Like a fella on the beach, throwing popcorn up to the seagulls. They're flocking all over your head, Dustin. They want that popcorn. And you know, sooner or later, you're going to be dumped on. Dustin Rhodes, what you have hoovering over your head right now is a great big old hungry pterodactyl. And when this pterodactyl dumps on you, Dustin, it's going to be a real sad time in your life. Dustin, you came from nothing to the top. Dustin, ashes to ashes. You're in for a rude awakening. From there, we go to Dustin Rhodes taking on Rip Rogers. Our current US champion is Dustin Rhodes, obviously not Rip Rogers. Um, they do some chain wrestling. Dustin hits a hip toss and a drop kick and an arm drag. Um, that seems to be a bit of a three-move combination from all the baby faces on this night, actually. A fireman's carry and then works over the arm, a suplex, a knee lift, a lariat, and a bulldog for the one, two, three in another squash match for Dustin Rhodes. It was interesting to see, like, Rip Rogers' character, now known for training wrestlers and swearing on the internet. Uh, <laughs> is to see them actually in there, like, to see if they were any good. You know, it's, it's, you don't often you get maybe get the chance unless you go back to watch these old shows. You just get, you know, old wrestler shouts at the cloud. But actually, I quite like, I quite like Rick Rogers. He was doing what he needed to do to get Dustin over. and But in in a way, we're still, you know, proving he could do his stuff without having to get his shit in. It's pretty good. Not, not a bad match. Not yet. No, I agree with you. This was probably the best of all the squashes on the night. Um, and just like the last match afterwards, we've got a little bit of a challenge afterwards as Tony Schiavone is with Dustin Rhodes and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff comes out. Dustin Rhodes gets the, cha- gets the crowd to chant Paula and this forces Mr. Wonderful to lose his mind and storm off. Nothing will upset a man more. You can insult his wife, his children, his mum. But if you change his name into a girl's name, that's it. That's fighting talk. Oh, yeah. If you were to, like, call me Leanne or Lisa, I'd yeah, try yeah, out the Yeah, I can't think of a Richard one. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rick Flair's then with Tony Schiavone, and Missy Hyatt tries to crash the interview. Um, Rick Flair wants all the belts. Um, out comes Arn Anderson, and we have got the four horsemen getting back together here by the, by the looks of it. I love that, uh, that interview. Now, as we said, it's been a while, but is this the one way he's going about the cramp in his hand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. I was like, he'd been as subtle as a brick, but I don't care. <laughs> What's causing all this? Um, we then go to Mr. Wonderful versus Larry um, Santo. We get a back suplex, a drop kick, a clothesline, and a pile driver for the one, two, three, and that's that. Another squash here. Mr. Wonderful, the winner this time around. Yeah, I don't know who was on the booking committee or who was uh, doing doing like the road agent that night or whatever they were called back then, but they had an easy night. Star, jobber, star win. Star, jobber, star win. Absolutely. Um, we then go to our final match, and it's Sting taking on Bruiser Mastino and Richie. And that, that's gotta be, that's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! I believe this is the uh, the controversial mayor of Knoxville, Glenn Jacobs. That's gotta be Kane. 
It has indeed got to be Kane, uh, a, a, a less loved, beloved wrestler nowadays than, than, than probably three months ago. Oh, as anyone's um, reputation nosedived outside of Me Too <laughs> movements, I, <laughs> quicker than Kane. <laughs> it's sort of like, yep, that's one way to... Uh, that's one way to destroy your credibility with every it seems like like all your friends in wrestling now hate you yeah like uh, who would have thought like after several mass murders including in primary schools where children were being slain tweeting that you'll protect everybody's right to guns would be an unpopular opinion yeah and, and more more importantly thinking that people in the wrestling business who uh, you know by the nature of it they're they're usually quite forward because that's the the nature of their it's kind of their personality you, you can't be like a, a shirking violet shrinking violet and be a wrestler or you know even a rock star or anything like that you've got to be kind of a kind of a forceful personality to then call you out straight on twitter and basically you're a cunt like, <laughs> just, just i mean it's like like when you're upsetting mick Foley, then 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 you 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 should look at yourself if Mick Foley say check your behaviour, even um even X Park had a tweet about it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X Park was like, "You're just a piece of shit." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and he, again, he's another one that, that tends to be uh, pretty like not controversial, but sort of like it's not like listening to Jim Cornette's taking it where you know exactly where that's going to go, but like because of uh, his political leanings, but like just just watching X Park, mankind. Numerous others. Just, just go. You just fucking hell, mate. Just posted the pictures of getting waffled in the head with chairs. Yeah, I um, enjoy enjoyed all the rebuttal to that. Kane needs to stop being a dickhead right now. <laughs> He's ruining a big part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. I see. It was. I was like, I don't. I don't know if I can. Because uh... you always used to read, like, if you read Power Slam or any of the other. Uh, magazines that Kane was quite a, a smart bloke. It's like one of them things. He's quite smart. He was quite political, but was quite, uh, you know, quite, you could talk to him about it. People would talk about it, would discuss things with him behind the scenes, no matter what affiliation they were. Uh, and, and, and then to see like this now, like, it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like the person I used to read about who was really smart, but really interested in politics, but was willing to discuss things with Democrats or, you know, more right-wing, more left-wing liberals, whoever you want to be. And it just, it's like, you just turn into this big red idiot. That is the best way to describe him right now. <laughs> He's a big red idiot. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Well, I mean, they used to use another description, but I don't think anyone's allowed to use that one now. Uh, <laughs> certainly the king used to use it a lot. Yeah, don't get yourself me too as well. <laughs> um, so uh, the crowd go nuts for Sting. Um, he hits a cannonball, uh, much similar to the one Kevin Owens hits. A big slam, and then the Stinger splash before locking in the Scorpion Deathlock. Um, this one, this is a very young Kane, by the way, so it's still a squash match. Um, Tony Schiavone then interviews Sting, and that sounds out the show. So. Um, Overall, really not much happening in this one, but we did get to see a bunch of the stars, if nothing else. They they kind of gave you what you wanted, and we've got. I guess if you looked at it from the time it was on live, there were still people sitting down, probably either eating their dinner or just after dinner or whatever, tuning in. It's just like getting Leicester. Well, no, actually, Leicester's not fair. I'm trying to think of like like watching the old uh, 
Sunday afternoon football and it's uh, Bolton Leicester or someone like that. And you're like, well, you know, it's Sunday afternoon football. I'll give it a go. It'd probably be a bit rubbish, but you still you still watch it. I think that's kind of where this was going. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't, it was. Um... I don't think they could continue it. I think that I think this is the problem. Is is if they uh, they do the same thing next week and the week after that, then then uh, I think that will get a little bit tiresome. You mean you can't follow Bolton up with like Burnley on Super Sunday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you don't need. You you need to have at least one of the the so called top six. Or Liverpool, if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that made my fucking day. (laughs) Um, So for halftime this week, I have a little bit of an interesting question. I'm going to ask, like, I think all the people that I record with a similar question over the next few episodes when I'm on with people. But in going back and watching shows to record, Richie, can you think of examples of people that you have grown to love that you didn't necessarily love as a kid and the opposite people that you loved and you look back now and you go what was i smoking oh that's a that's a good question i've got a begrudging actually it's not begrudging lex luger yeah lex from 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 going back and doing these i think lex luger is the one wrestler that i was taught wrong about by uh, you know, reading magazines and, and 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 the forums on the internet, and I, I watched Lex Luger stuff, sort of like the ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven stuff when he's, you know, he's on no money. Bishop Bischoff doesn't want him. He's just taking him on as his Sting's mate, and that build up uh, when he's gonna take on Hogan, like where he's the hero of WCW, is 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 like I can't believe this is the same guy that I'm told was absolute garbage. I'm with you on Lex Luger, actually. That's that's a really good one. Um, I Also, I'm going to throw in for the people we've come to love later on, and this is probably a popular choice these days. He's definitely rehabbed his image. Um, but Jeff Jarrett's a big one. I think going back and watching him, he was just such a great heel. Um, you didn't like him because he was such a great heel. So I've definitely got a, a newfound respect for him. Um and, you know, I'm going to give you a surprising one. It's not because of the, the excellent work rate, but it's just because he cracks me up. IRS. Fuck, I love an IRS pre-match promo in my older age now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those more uh, daft gimmicks sort of like have gone round on themselves again. And I actually, when it probably would have thought they were too childish, I actually like, no, no let's, let's, let's bring it on. Be a bit childish. It's currently tax time here in Australia, yeah. so um, I enjoy nothing more than texting my brother and letting him know that he's a dirty, stinking tax cheat and he needs to pay his taxes. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he's um, another so thing, that, like, when you think about it, the body of work of uh, IRS, you like, he actually realised how long he was in wrestling for. It's like he got like 20 years' worth of career out of it. And like compare that to now, they, nobody seems to last that long. No, definitely not. Unless you're a tippy-top guy, they cycle you out now. Um, but yeah, IRS, definitely. And then for the flip, people that I've gone back and I just can't believe I liked, I'm going to give you my most obvious one, and that's Tugboat. Ooh, that's harsh. I, I loved Tugboat as a kid, but my God, he was terrible. And actually, sorry, to go back to the previous category, the opposite to that is Earthquake. Oh my God, he was incredible, and I never appreciated him as a kid. I was re-watching old WrestleManias, so I... Uh... 
And when Earthquake came on, I was like, who's it? Like, you think, who is this dude? And then you watch him wrestling, like, he has no right to be this good. Cause he's, he's brilliant. His he's, he's, uh, attire is shocking. Oh, yeah. And like, like he he does he he couldn't look less a wrestler, but my God, just he's he's wrestling is is like a step above. I'm trying I'm trying to think because my my kind of time starting watching wrestling is kind of like I started like in the Attitude Era, so I'm trying to think of somebody from the Attitude Era that I that I, I really liked and I went off, and I'm struggling to because a lot of them have come back and I've like got wrapped up back in the. Nostalgia. Oh, I know. Yeah, go on. It's going to be harsh. It's the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys. Wow. I I just think... I, I love the Hardy Boys as, uh, and Team Extreme and all the stuff they did then. And I just... I think it's more because I think they're just tarnishing their reputation. I, I, I don't... I don't. I mean, obviously, taking aside the the personal problems of Jeff, I just think the the stuff that they're willing to do in AEW right now isn't stuff I want to see, and I, I kind of lose a little bit of, I guess, respect f- and for what they've done because they they don't need to do it anymore. I'm actually strongly considering watching an AEW show for the first time and reviewing it on the podcast soon. So, um trying to figure out if I want to make the plunge and, and check out Dynamite because there's definitely been bits that I'm seeing on Twitter now that I'm really getting into, especially the acclaimed. They're my favorites, but also heel Christians definitely turning my head right now as well. It's, it's the most schizophrenic show you'll ever watch. I can't even say whether I, I like it or I hate it because stuff will be on it. And I'm like, I can't believe this has made it to TV. And then the next segment will be, one of like like one of their more serious, I guess, stars, and I'm like, this is this takes me back to when I actually thought this might be real. <laughs> oh, there you go then. So, newfound love for Earthquake and newfound love for Jeff Jarrett and sorry, what was the other one we said? Newfound Luger. love for uh, Lex Luger, and we've definitely gone backwards on the Hardy Boys and Tugboat. <laughs> what an eclectic mix that is. I think I'd rather watch Tugboat wrestle now i just it just it's not fun watching people who are obviously in pain doing stuff that puts them in more pain it's like it's it's not it's it's just not fun to watch it's it's like when you know somebody can't walk properly like kurt angle like god bless him but when he came back for his last run in the wwe like you could see the man was in couldn't move unless he was wrestling and like you've given us enough like there should be like a wrestling pension. You've given us enough. There's enough to live your life. Do some conventions. But please don't jump off any more ladders. Oh, Kurt Angle looks like he's walking downhill on a straight straight um, surface. It's, it's sad now. Yeah, there's no bone in his body that hasn't been fused. So heading over to watch Raw. Um, and we start Raw with a Mega Maniacs promo that you will... Um, here spliced in right about now. You know something, Mega Maniacs? In seven days, in seven nights, the Money Incorporated issued the challenge and we accepted the fight, man. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, but that didn't have nothing to do with Brutus's mug at all. You know something, dudes? We accept your challenge for WrestleMania and with the titles on the line, what could be better? 
and Jimmy Hart has proved that he's the number one Hulkamaniac around here because we sent him out to do a job, and in seven short days, you did it, Jimmy. You better believe it, Hulkster. Yeah. The Megomaniac sent Jimmy Hart to get a contract signed, and that's exactly what I did. Money Incorporated, remember one thing. I know all of your strong points, baby, and I know all of your weaknesses. Well, you know, they said Brutus the Barber Bionic was the weak link in this team. All week long at Venice Beach, California, I've been pounding him in the head with a metal suitcase. But tell him, Brutus, what we've been worried about mostly. Well, you know something, Hulkster? I've been trying to figure out how to get those turn signals and yeah. blinkers off our new Harleys so we can lay those title belts across the front of our ape hangers so that our arms are going to hang in the breeze while we're heading down the coast highway. Well, you know, brother, we're going to be looking good when we drive from Venice all the way down to Malibu Beach with the WWF tag team titles on the front of our wide glides, brother. But you know something, Money Incorporated? The new song we've been training to goes just like this. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. But what about the surprise, brothers? Money Incorporated. Not only are we going to deplete all your assets, not only are we going to bankroll you and break you in two, we got a little surprise for you, brothers. And by the way, from New York, it's Monday Night Raw. What you gonna do? And our commentary team is Vince McMahon, Rob Bartlett, and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And we kick off with our first match, Virgil and El Matador challenging Money Inc. I, I don't, right, you want to get Money Inc over. I don't think Virgil and Tito are, again, the, the team to help you with that. Virgil was never really viewed, well, I certainly don't view him as a threat. But he's got a name, so that means the chances of him having a more competitive match is higher. So who are you getting over? But what you can do if you want to get money in over Richie is give IRS a live mic and let him drop a tax pipe bomb. Yes, because you've got to pay your taxes, you filthy animals. <laughs> oh, just, my note just says yes. You know, I, I, um, I'm going to look up some IRS-based uh, promos. I'm going to see if I can get them in a couple of meetings at work, see what I can get in there. <laughs> See, see if I can just... It's going to be difficult because I don't work with tax, but I'm sure I can manage it. <laughs> a, little, a little substitution or paraphrase will be fine. Um, Tito and Ted exchange a few moves early and Virgil comes in and trades with IRS. We get a hip toss and a clothesline, a double team by the baby faces and an elbow for a two. The faces keep um, faking tags when the ref's not looking, which is mildly amusing. We go to a commercial, and when we come back, we see Vlad, the superfan, at ringside. Um, looking back, um, Virgil had no moves, way less than Kevin Nash, and nobody talks about Virgil's moveset. Um, and then IRS finishes the job with a back suplex for the one, two, three. I think it's mostly because Virgil's a nut job. <laughs> in, in the nicest sense of the word, but I mean... I mean, he, he doesn't exist on the same planet as we do. <laughs> does he even have, like, a finishing move or a signature move of any kind? I don't think he does. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, like, they got someone to fit the 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 the, 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 the uh, million-dollar man's story. But, like, obviously, at the end of it, Virgil has to go away because he can't do anything. <laughs> He's just shit. <laughs> And then to, to, to think that then they brought him back 
well, they bring him into WCW and he, he hangs around for some time there in the W. Like the amount of time the NWO is wrestling, it turns out, oh, it's going to be Vincent. It's like, yeah, I mean, the NWO is full, full of wrestlers that I want to watch and you've chucked out Vincent. <laughs> oh, so true. We go to a recap of Tatanka pinning Shawn Michaels a couple of times and then Rick the Model Martel comes out and takes the ring girl's sign off her as we go to a commercial when we come back, we get a mania ad from Todd Pettengale, which is annoying as fuck, and I've seen it so many times now, so I'm going to splice it in for everyone else to hate on it with me. Hi, I'm Todd Pettengale. Join me every weekend for WWF Mania. It's wild. It's crazy. It's excessive excitement caused by acute hyperactivity. Each week, we'll bring you exclusive interviews and tons of great wrestling action. But most of all, it's just good, clean fun. So start your weekend with the outrageous WWF Mania, Saturday mornings at 10 Eastern on USA. Just, uh, brush your teeth first. Yeah, it just it just goes on. And if you're watching this show, you already know what's happening at Mania. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tatanka versus Tatanka. Tatanka versus Bill Apollo. Um, it's all Tatanka early, and Shawn Michaels phones in. He says that he's got news for us twice. No, wait, scratch that. He says it three times. It's fucking brilliant. I love Turd Sean. If you've um, if you listened to my Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat COVID induced episode recently, um, you'll see that Shawn Michaels and Raiden rifle each other for most. I got news for his. <laughs> oh no no no! It's no Raiden's was I don't think so, which was Sean's other catchphrase. I just you can't beat you can't beat Sean. Well, you can. He he got beat by a load of Marines for being a dickhead. But dickhead <laughs> Sean's, he, he you know you know he's he's not he's not sort of like making up the gimmick. He's living living the gimmick. Um, we get some chops and a Samoan drop um, for Tatanka to pick up the one two three. And I've got here on my notes. Did anyone ever buy Tatanka as like a star? He just never did it for me. So opposite of what we talked about on halftime, I didn't like him as a kid, and I still don't like him now. He gets a hell of a push, but I've I've not really watched a lot to know what what kind of where he was. The only the only bit I really know about Tatanka is when they randomly bring him back in two thousand and six, <laughs> and he he decides to. And I, I may I apologize if I get. Uh, Get the uh, the wording wrong, but I believe he says he's going to he, along the lines of he, he turns heel and he's going to take the fight to the to the to the white man, and then his first feud is with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I just loved when he came back in two thousand and six. I'm sad. I think it was like a it was either WrestleMania or like the pre-show or something. Um, it's a battle royal. Um, and I'm I'm certain this was. Uh, Maybe this was later. I don't know. Anywho, I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm sat with my brother watching it, and just randomly, Tatanka's in there. I'm like, is that fucking Tatanka? <laughs> when did he come back? <laughs> like, because he disappears. Like, he doesn't go to WCW when he leaves. Leaves WWF, as far as I'm aware. So there's just like this 12-year gap, and then he just appears. <laughs> I mean, he's probably, I mean, if you say he's in his mid-20s now, I mean, he's only in his mid thirty, maybe mid-30s, late, early 40s, when he comes back to, on SmackDown, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand of all the all the people you could have brought back that could still do a job. Fucking Tatanka. <laughs> you, you, Vince went, get me Tatanka. <laughs> we go to the WrestleMania report with Gene, who tells us the greatest WrestleMania ever just got better. Um, talking about the tag match coming in. 
we get a promo from Brett, a Yoko Fuji promo, an Undertaker Paul Bearer promo. Um, Gene says that Rick the model is not the perfect model. Vince McMahon says, um, you're the perfect, oh, <laughs> says to Gene, you're the perfect model for the hair club for men. And I've got that as my dick move of the week. <laughs> Just Vince slagging off Gene for being bald in the middle of the show. <laughs> no wonder Gene buggers off not, not to further into the disc in the future. It's he's Hulk go and Gene's like, oh, I remember that bald crack. I'm out of here. <laughs> we go to a commercial as Rick Martel strikes again in the arena. Um, Papa Shango versus Mike Edwards is our next match. We get some strikes and a hoe train from Papa Shango. Uh, he backs up. I'm um, oh, sorry, back suplex for a two, lifts a shoulder off the mat himself, does it again and does it again. And then finally f- hits his shoulder breaker finisher for the one, two, three, as we go to a commercial. It seems like we went to a lot of commercials. Yeah, we really did. Um, Thankfully, this one has an Hasbro WWF action figure ad spliced in, so I enjoyed that. We then go to Bob Backlund versus Tony DeMauro. Tony refuses to shake hands. Bob Backlund hits him with a hip toss. Um, A couple of them. Vince McMahon sends Rob to interview Rick Martel. There's lots of amateur wrestling stuff in this one. Bob Backlund with a double underhook suplex and then a pretzel-type pin for a 1-2-3 as we go to a headlock on Hunger ad. I don't mind. It's, it's it's weird. Again, we're talking of Tatanka coming back in 2006. The fact that brought Bob Backlund back 10 years later. So I like, was like, well, well, what exactly were you thinking? <laughs> Bob Backlund living in the world with The Undertaker, Kamala, Papa Shango and Hulk Hogan. One of those isn't the same. Oh, it's madness. Rob Bartlett finally gets his interview with the model. Um, and he cuts a bit of a promo on Mr. Perfect, which I'll splice in here. Vince, I'm here backstage with the uh, model, Rick Martell. You've seen him twice earlier tonight, uh, stealing the cards away from the Raw girls. Rick Martell, what is your deal, man? <laughs> First, take a look at yourself, Rob Bartlett. <laughs> look at the way that you dress. <laughs> you have no class. You look so blah. You're just like those card girls. That's why I took them out of the ring, because... I wanted to show them what Marlene is all about because I am the best. I have class. And those girls are just like all these people here Monday Night Raw program. They have no class. This building has no class. I can't believe the model is standing all in the middle of this film. So basically you're saying there's no class. What's going to happen later on in the ring with Mr. Perfect? Ah, Mr. Perfect. You know, I always say perfection is so boring. <laughs> well, Mr. Perfect, I'm going to show you what excitement is all about. Yes, the model is only the best model in the world, but I also the best wrestler. <laughs> and going to find out why the model I have class. We'll be back with that matchup after this. Yeah, so then we go out to a commercial after the model's promo. We then, sorry, you go, Richie. Uh, no, no, I was just, I was just uh, professionally trying to breathe in quietly. <laughs> I made a ton of noise. <laughs> we then go to the model versus Mister Perfect. Um, just as a side, I still have like my own variation of Mister Perfect's gum slap to this day. You know when he spits the gum up in the air and swats it. I um, still, when I'm outdoors and have gum, will spit it up in the air and hit it on the volley. I think it's only fair. He's probably, well, I mean, he probably did, does his version because he can't quite do your version. 
yeah, I'm better than perfect. I can definitely take that. <laughs> um, we've got a good quick start. They exchange some slams and kip-ups. I exchange cartwheels, and then we get a knee lift from Rick Martell and a Northern Lights suplex before we go to a commercial. We come back, and Martell hits a gut wrench for a two, a camel clutch, and a backbreaker before Mr. Perfect comes back with an atomic drop, an inverted version, a backdrop, and we go to a final commercial. Mr. Perfect somehow won while we were in the commercial. What the fuck? It's not often. Unless they aimed for it. It's not often. That was just odd. They do that. You just got me thinking. Sorry, it was just, you know when you said better than perfect? Yeah. Why the fuck did they not give that gimmick to uh, his son? You know, old Curtis no. Axel. Why was it Curtis Axel? Well, all right, Curtis Axel, better than perfect. There you go. I've just, I've just put him in the main event at WrestleMania just with those three <laughs> words. Axelmania should have run wild. Yes, because he's better than Perfect. Um, Perfect Plexi won it with, by the way, if anyone was interested in what happened in the commercial break. Um, We have a Slim Jim ad, a WrestleMania ad, and then Mr. Perfect brings the Raw girls back out. We get told next week we'll see Kamala take on Razor Ramon and Typhoon take on Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, They're actually, for the time, a couple of high-profile matches for Raw. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, any time Scott Hall wrestles. Absolutely. So, overall, I've got to be honest, not the best shows. And I, I don't think this really played a part because we had a lot of real-world problems stopping his recording. But outside of that, were you genuinely excited to talk about these shows? Because I honestly wasn't, Richie. It was the first time I questioned the decisions we'd made. Uh, <laughs> Because I knew, and I, I knew deep down that it was probably coming. This period isn't known for being amazing for WCW, and you, you're always going to have growing pains with Raw. But we've done like seven weeks up to this point, and it's been relatively enjoyable. And then WCW hit, and I watched it first. And I was like, "What is this shite?" Totally. So. Let's try our best to rate them. Um, we'll start with crowd heat here. Um, I didn't really notice a probably, like, I, I think the only significant pop from either show was for Sting. So I gave a very slight edge to WCW. What did you pick out in the crowds? Uh, I will forgive them for piping in some noise at certain points, but I think, for like say, the Sting pop is still pretty big. There's not a pop for anyone that big on Raw at all. And they're not really getting anything to really get their teeth into anyway. Totally. And who do you think featured the best characters on the night? Ooh, I think I'm probably... Oh, because you've got Arn and his hand. <laughs> like, that, that, that in itself is the shining highlight of both shows. But probably... There's more stars on Raw. But if you in 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 quotes, like there's more. The field, I think they've got slightly better stars out there. They don't have the Cole Twins or the Wrecking Crew, which at this point I'm certainly not taking as serious contenders for anything. They're just they may become something, but they're they're at the start of their like career. I'm going to go with you on Raw, but I'm going to caveat it by saying a lot of them, like the big names, Hogan, Undertaker, were on like pre-recorded promos. So they're going to get a pass for this one because they featured more stars, but it wasn't hands down like you would think it could be. It's weird given that it's the build-up for WrestleMania. And like if you look at the build-up 
now they tend to put everyone on the shows and everyone's interacting. And this build up to WrestleMania is Hogan and Brutus doing a pre tape talking about bikes and then singing something. <laughs> totally true. Um, what about storylines? Who do you think advanced or had the best storylines on the Again, night? it's another tricky one because not a lot happened uh, besides Arn's hand. Can I give it based on one promo? Hmm. Definitely can. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to go WCW because there is, that is the only storyline advancement that I can think of from these two shows. There's not... There's Besides, even like Brutus and Hulk and... IR and Money Inc. It's still, I don't know. You, that story's already ongoing. Whereas Arn's like he's basically coming in and done a post credits stinger. He's he's like appeared at the end of the end of the film and he's gone. Yeah, but what about the Horseman? And then he does the hand thing. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go entirely Arn's hand. I didn't have a firm favorite, and I think you've just swayed me. So I'm gonna go WCW with you. Uh, for production value, I actually went with a tie. I don't think ending the main event in the commercial break gives Raw the right to keep it, so I pulled it back and tied them. Who did well, you go WCW with? Well, WCW didn't make any fuck-ups, which is usually what happens. You know, wrong name on screen, wrong music, uh, cutting out someone's mic, etc., etc., missing a finish. Uh, and you can't... You, although it gives a, a feeling of spontaneity... Like the match could could end anywhere. I don't think you can do that with your main event. It just strikes me as you've screwed your timing up. So you went with WCW then? Yeah, I think I'm going to go WCW on the basis that they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us to match quality and both groups still in the hunt. Um, I didn't really love any match on either show, if I'm being totally honest, but I probably enjoyed the fact like the, the squash matches we got on WCW at least featured the likes of Sting and the British Bulldog, so I very narrowly went with WCW, but if I'm being honest, I wouldn't rewatch any match from either show. No, it's... I guess it's an example of how they used to do it at the time, and they didn't go out and out there to kill themselves for TV because the whole point was selling tickets. So I can understand why uh, that exists. So, you know, it's, it's some wrestling. It's WCW. They they just seem to be a, at least a better quality of job match. So with that in mind, is that who you went with as well, WCW? Yeah, definitely WCW. Perfect. So by my count, WCW picked up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of ten. WWF picked up one, two, and one tie. So pretty, a pretty decent victory there for WCW. All in all, they definitely um, they took it home pretty handily. But like we said, we're, we're kind of looking at slim pickings here. Neither show was worth going back to watch. I wouldn't recommend anybody watch either of these two shows. If I'm being completely fair, it's the first shows we've watched from this run where like I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to watch the next one? Because the, there's no hook. There's no. Re- I don't want to know what happens. There's nothing that happened this week that makes you want to see crap, I've got to watch next next week. Yeah, it made me think, oh, what else could we watch rather than, oh yeah, cool, I'm glad we're back, back on the saddle here. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, there's, there's all the wrestling in the world. Has anyone done a Smoky Mountain wrestling 
versus ECW podcast or something like that. I was like, uh, there's got to be something to get us out of this. Something. Someone please give us an idea. <laughs> um, overall, though, like I think... <coughs> We've, we've probably had a good time with Raw, and Saturday night's had a few sleeper hits, so I'm very hopeful that this was just a mixture of two lousy shows and real-world consequences, meaning we haven't recorded in a long time and we've been dreading coming back to them. So hopefully, if we do the next two shows from this timeline, we're going to get two absolute classics, or at least just some moments. I think going back and watching these shows, if I can get a couple of moments that I remember fondly or something that I haven't seen where I go, oh, that was good, then that's enough for me. We just didn't really get any of that on either of these two. All, all they need to do on WCW is give me Vader, Potato and Fools, and then I'll be happy. Yes, more Vader would definitely go a long way. But anyway, I digress. That will do it for this episode. So we've um, gone back and finally caught up on our long lost shows and... Hopefully that puts us back in the saddle. We can get together a little bit quicker for this. Um, hopefully everyone checked out my COVID-induced movie review. Um, don't be too harsh on that. I was definitely out of it when I recorded. Um, and <coughs> I'll be back very soon with a new ranking, The Rumbles, before getting some more of the regular shows back on track. So, Richie, I am very grateful for finally having caught up with you, and I'm looking forward to doing this a lot sooner this time around. Uh, definitely. I can't retain information more than a week now I've had COVID, so... I definitely couldn't do seven think, months. I actually think we um, remembered the matches better than I thought we would. Our note-taking must have been good for this one. So we got through it without too much of a hitch. Other than not knowing if it was um, Rich Rock Hard or Rick Rock Hard. It, it, we were pretty close. Yeah, I don't think he's going to mind too much. He got a mention on a podcast. He's probably happy with that when he Googles himself. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you once again for joining me and thanks everyone for listening. And that will wrap us up. To a little motherfuckers. <laughs>